Hey everyone, and welcome to Jaffa Takes, the podcast where we rewatch Stargate through from the start to the end. Uh, and sometimes we get to an episode that inadvertently starts a whole ship thing that takes over the fandom for the next decade after that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that. Uh, so uh, this is Solitude, Season 1, Episode 17. Joining me today, we have Zach. Hello, I've returned uh, yeah. Uh, thankfully, there were no mis- malfunctions as I <laughs> entered the gate. Yes, great. Uh, yeah, no one shot that gate and sent you to a different or different question mark planet as you were stepping through it. Uh, and we also have Eric joining us. Hello. On Monday, I had 11 teeth extracted. So yes. I basically identify with O'Neill in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Having a broken leg and a broken rib and freezing to death. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it sucks. Are you, do you, are you better now, Eric? Does it feel better after six days? <laughs> uh, things are slowly going back to normal-ish. Okay. Uh, my gums are not quite blowing out of my head good okay. they just feel like it when i okay. lean down the 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 double-edged sort of by the way kids go to the dentist it's yeah. important because i didn't do you, it you, either yeah, and, you, yeah. Sh- you should go to like specifically go to the dentist before uh you need surgery to fix your teeth like if you, if you have this regular upkeep you don't get to that point this, and it's better for everyone this is not shaming but eric by the no. way it's just yeah. like yeah, no no, no, no. You yeah go. for sure it's it's a uh, no, cautionary I mean, tale more than anything yeah yeah i have had an issue with um acid getting to my teeth oh, and yeah. so even when brushing things would need to be fixed and eventually it's like you know what i'm just gonna throw in the towel and it yeah. turns out that's a mistake that hurts even yeah. more it, it, uh-huh. I'm sure you will. This will work out good for you in the long run. But what I was going to say is the double-edged sort of getting your teeth worked on is. Mm-hmm. And also, I know everybody loves hearing about teeth, but hey, that's what mm-hmm. that's how it goes. <laughs> um, is that like your mouth heals faster than kind of anywhere else on your body? Yes. That part's yeah. nice. But mm-hmm. also, well, then it they should just make so the entire bad. airplane out of your mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if everything was like, yeah, that would be great. I mean, one of the reasons why it heals really fast is also because the blood really gets out of there at a high pressure, and there's so, so. many nerves. It's just a yep. whole mess in there. Yeah. Yep. But yep. Eric, I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better. I uh-huh. I never had eleven out, but I had. Um, Right after high school in uh, college, I had all four of my wisdom teeth out at once. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that really, really sucked. Yeah. So I imagine it's not good. Yeah, I've, I've uh, had three extractions uh, over here. And it, yeah, it's never cool. It's never great. So <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yep. 
Same right here. Uh, very glad you can join us today to talk about uh, an episode that has nothing to do with teeth, but does feature, as you uh, alluded to, uh, some pretty severe uh, fucked up wounds on, on the character of Jack O'Neill. And also Daniel. Like he, Daniel kind of gets it easy, but he does get a concussion that, that knocks him out in this one, so that's not nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's... <laughs> Let's just get started on this. Uh, yeah, so uh, we open on, on the gate room uh, and the gate is activating from off world. Uh, and uh, everyone like is caught off guard by this because like you see there were, there were some scientists that were taking readings on the Stargate and everyone is rushing out of the room and the guards go there. And Hammond like runs into the control room because like uh, unexpected. Uh, and like they, they say that specifically it's 24 hours before anyone's due back. Um also, uh, Walter identifies that it's SG-1 before the Stargate opens, which, you know, uh, small inconsistency there, because I don't know how they got that radio signal before there was a wormhole to receive it from. Uh, but uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, so it is SG-1, uh, or half of SG-1, to be precise, that is coming through that gate. Because, um, yeah, uh, the, the, the gate turns on, and then... Teal'c and Daniel are both flung out of it, like, from uh, bad angles. Uh, like, specifically, Teal comes out of, like, the top part of the Stargate and falls to the ground. Daniel is just flung out of it and hits his head, and he's going to be knocked out for the first third or whatever of this episode. Uh, and that's it, then. The, you see the, the gate kind of flicker and shake. It, it shakes so hard and sparks so hard that, like, the dampeners that are on it uh, just kind of, like, blow up, <laughs> which is bad. So... Um, so yeah. I have I have been watching along with you guys, but I'm a little mm -hmm. bit behind. Uh, mm -hmm. This I'm gonna guess this isn't a like con a direct continuation, but I thought no. it was for like ten minutes because no because the way it opens is so like oh shit's just going bad immediately yep. and and they talk about like running away from enemy fire and stuff, which yeah. I guess it, it like, doesn't matter, but I. Yep. I was confused at first. Yeah, they're, they're running away from implied gold that they encountered on this planet that we're only going to see like a small uh, FMV video game portion it, of later sure in this episode. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and yeah, that's not, that has nothing to do with the actual plot of the, of the episode. And it has nothing to do with last episode where they stayed on Earth for, for almost the whole episode. Uh, last week it was the, the, the Tolans were there and the, the episode ended with them sending them off and our our people were just on earth for almost that entire episode uh they're also on earth for this whole episode even though that's like kind of the twist at the end is that this entire episode is secretly an earth episode um but uh yeah this is not like unlike unlike most of those this isn't a bottle episode or anything because we do get like a, a separate set for where uh sam and jack are stranded which is uh in a a, a cold looking uh ice cave uh, full of snow with a, a with the stargate that's just kind of like uh propped up uh against the ice uh half buried in snow and uh yeah uh, we 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 just cut over there on what is assumed at first to be a different planet where uh O'Neill is completely knocked out on the ground and uh Carter wakes up and just looks around um i was hoping it was going to turn out to be a langoliers crossover <laughs> <laughs> They're stuck in what the past. What, what was it in the Langoliers? Because the Langoliers are the uh, it's creatures like they that were eat stuck the past. In, yeah, it's like they were stuck in like the day that should have ended. 
Oh, yeah. But right. the Langoliers, like, come destroy the past for uh-huh. time to keep moving. I no. only watched the TV movie version, and uh-huh. I've only actually seen, like, four scenes of it. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the, the CG Langoliers, which look like bad bad Pac-Man, bad evil black bad Pac-Man. Bad Pac-Man, but yeah. also dust mites from an allergy medicine commercial. Yes. Right, yes. It's yeah. a bummer because I think the Langoliers is one of King's, like, best stories, but... <laughs> You just can't get past what they no. look like in but, that I mean, movie. Yeah. Like, because you read the book and it's like a trippy sci-fi horror yeah. idea, basically, right? Yeah, it's uh, very, cons- it's very like, do- and I mean this in a good way, like Doctor Who <laughs> conceptual horror, yes. where it's like they're yeah. eating the past. Well, that's scary, uh-huh. but th- yeah. unfortunately, they look like this. So there's just yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then yeah, for the next couple of years, anytime I accidentally drink a flat soda, I had a panic attack. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's where I don't think the Langoliers are going to eat you. Anyone out there, if you're afraid of Langoliers, uh, you can talk to someone about it. I, I think you're going to be fine from what specifically if, the Langoliers. If you're in a situation <laughs> where the Langoliers are a possibility <laughs> and you're stuck listening to this, you're going to be begging for the Langoliers. Nah, it's true. Um, but yeah, I, so what's funny about this episode, you kind of, you said the twist already, but like, yeah. so we're going to, I mean, we'll go through it step by mm-hmm. step, but they, there's a malfunction and yep. it causes them. And there's basically two, two separate like malfunctions. And one, I think they explain really well. And one is uh-huh. complete bullshit. And I think it's yeah. very funny. The, yes. it's like, <laughs> Okay, the re- so she can't get it. To, she can't fix it. And I know they're yep. skipping ahead, but it's just mm-hmm. like she can't mm-hmm. fix it. And at you figure out at the end, even though they don't say it explicitly, but like mm-hmm. you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. She couldn't fix it to make the gate work because mm-hmm. you can't go from Earth to Earth with the yeah, gates. Yeah, that's that. That was the problem with it. And like as I was watching it, I realized that there's like a second part to the problem that's not explained very well. It's just like a throwaway line where near the end of the episode, she figures out that she needs to reboot the thing and then she tries again. And like, so anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah, to we'll it. Talk we'll talk about get it later. It, I just, it, I, I just brought it up because like, there's that, but then there's the part where Daniel's like, it's like when a transformer jumps on <laughs> power lines. And I'm like, Hey, what the fuck are you talking about? Like that part yeah. doesn't work bolt, for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that experience we all have, we can all relate to. I mean, the phone thing is at least uh, something that the 1998 audience can relate to. Uh, <laughs> the the lightning right. bolt thing is a, a little yeah. weirder, but it's a nice uh, mental image for what he's trying to explain. Also, like it's funny that uh, all the like Carter isn't on the base in this episode, so Daniel is the one that has to pick up the mantle and like be the one who figures out science stuff, and we have Siler also filling <laughs> filling in a little bit uh, that we'll see, and he's like the electrician. He just like right. he's just a, a really advanced form of electrician where he had to learn about astrophysics and wormholes for yeah, his job, basically. <laughs> like Even in the movie, Daniel is like a scientist who knows everything, but they do mm-hmm. like an okay job of keeping it to mostly like 
mm-hmm. anthropology and stuff like that. But yeah. but like yeah, here he's like, what if mm-hmm. uh, you know <laughs> Star Trek techno babble? And I'm like, okay, I guess sure. Yeah, he just has a guess. Anyway, um, we have some some time. Like we, we th- this episode is kind of uh, is, is kind of straightforward actually in terms of plot. It's just people figuring stuff out. It's almost like a Twilight Zone kind of thing where there's just a mystery and the, there's a twist at the end I, where I haven't see what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. that I wrote, which says this episode is 30% shots of people looking concerned and 60%. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed, uh, I missed the end of whatever you just said there. Um, <laughs> um, okay. 60% uh, power of imagination. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh yeah we're we're in the infirmary and uh Tilk is all, like I guess Tilk didn't pass out but he's he has his arm in a sling so I guess he hurt himself uh kind of bad uh and like having this talking to him and saying uh he's trying to to figure out what happened to Jack and Sam and Tilk is like well they were right behind us um so uh and like uh so Hammond is trying to say, so is it possible that they were shot right behind you and they died there and you walked through and Tilk says, No, I don't think so. Uh he he says like they were only two meters behind us, which like good job Tilk, he's been on Earth for a few months and he knows what meters are. All right, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, we had a bit of a technical issue here. Uh, Zach, my, can you just uh, repeat yeah, what you were saying my, before my we lost you? My computer didn't like what I said. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so basically I just said the episode is 30% shots of people looking concerned and 60% whispering about freezing to death. So that's like oh, yeah. most of the episode. When you said it's straightforward, yeah. it's just like... Uh, yeah, it's, those it's two pretty things. much that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 slow character development and like slow figuring out a like a twist and a sci-fi solution to their sci-fi problem, basically, uh, and realizing that one of their basic assumptions is wrong. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, so we, we get back, like, after, uh, yeah, so after uh, Tilk has, has told Hammond that uh, he's confident that they're still alive and haven't been shot because they were right behind him, which, you know, if they were right behind you, if you didn't turn around and look at them, it's not that unreasonable that maybe they just got a shot, got shot in the back and, and died on that planet. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a nice like show of faith in your comrades that uh, you think they must still be alive. Um, I really like watching Teal'c interact with the military. It's very funny mm-hmm. to me for some reason because like I understand that he was a soldier basically. So like mm-hmm. this is not weird to him, but for some mm-hmm. reason his like the way he acts versus like his version of gruffness versus yep. like earth military gruffness is very yeah. like funny to bounce off each other yeah uh <clears throat> yeah it's like Tilki is uh he's like he's got the 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 warrior the the brotherhood forged in in fire kind of like right uh, p- part of it where like his friends are everything and like he can't possibly bring himself to believe that anything like that the, his friends would ever die because they're his friends and he would die before them if it came down to it and if anything else happened that would be bad and so like he, he's very like one track minded in that way it's it, it's really endearing because like we'll see he's really worried about daniel later in the episode and he's just like sitting <laughs> next right. to him and as he's laying in bed general hammond has that like well, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand, but like he wants to go back through immediately, and Hammond yeah. is like, 
not until we know that you won't just die. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And those two things kind of bounce off each other, which is, like I said, it's fun. Yeah. Um, yep. So we cut back to, quote unquote, the ice planet, a.k.a. Antarctica, uh, where yeah. uh, O'Neill has just woken up now and like uh, he's just talking to Carter and she's like filling him in on what happened. Uh, like uh, figuring out that they're not on Earth, they're not on the planet they were on. So what the hell happened there? Uh, and like, okay, so O'Neill tries to reach for his radio and, and call for help. And she says, no, I've already tried that. She's already explored this whole thing. There's a crevasse where some daylight is coming through. Uh, I'll have something to say about the presence of daylight in Antarctica in a second. <laughs> um, because, yeah, ju just... <laughs> okay, I, I, can, I, I can actually get to it right now anyway, because they're going to be constantly worried about frostbite and stuff. And to be fair, uh, O'Neill is laying down directly on some snow and ice, and it's, it's really cold there uh, for sure. Uh, but also, uh, this episode aired in February, which is, you know, summer in the South Hemisphere. Uh, in Antarctica, summer in February is like uh, averages uh, temperatures of around one degree Celsius. I looked it up. And uh, so that's above the freezing point. So it's, he wouldn't be right. like dying from cold it's there. Like, it's cold, but <laughs> yeah. your cells are not dying, which is what yeah. happens. Yeah. When, right. Yeah. But also, you know, he's hurt really bad. His leg is broken. Uh, we're going to see that like she, she needs to put a splint on him. Uh and like I'm saying that because if there's daylight, that does imply it's the summer because in Antarctica, uh, in the middle of summer, it's just 24 hour days yeah. and 24 hour nights in the middle of winter, which is in like July and August. So, uh, <clears throat> anyways, this is just nitpicking, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, so we get back to, uh, the SGC now and we, ha we have the introduction of, uh, a nice new, uh, secondary character here who's, uh, Sergeant Siler, uh, played by Dan Shea, who is uh, the actor who plays him, is the stunt coordinator of this show, and also Richard Dean Anderson's stunt double, <laughs> which uh, oh, is going to yeah, <laughs> uh, and he's gonna show up like a bunch. Uh, he's he's a he has like a, a very very frequent presence on this show, and he's often the one who gets blown up by sparks and stuff and gets sent flying across the room. And you know the reason why it's always this guy doing that is that he's literally a stuntman, so he can just take those falls and That's send himself so flying. Funny, I love yeah. that. <laughs> um, so he's there, he's looking at the Stargate, uh, and he says it's going to take 24 hours to repair all the stuff that blew up in, in the first scene of the episode. And Hammond says, I'll give you half of that. And he says, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> I said 24 hours. I wasn't bullshitting, which is, yeah, a nice wink and nudge at what the stuff Scotty would do on Star Trek, where he would give estimates twice yeah. as long. Yeah, uh, then yeah. <laughs> and I like the, like, because there is some of that pressure in the military Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like, uh, well, sir, like literally, I cannot go faster. So you're uh -huh. gonna have to just deal like, with it. Like, yeah, unless you can figure out a way to have like the whatever the big capacitors and clamps like show up magically way faster, and have like twice as many like welding torches in here that we can have like twelve people around the Stargate installing them. Even then, like it's probably just like geometrically <laughs> impossible to do that because it's like you need the space to work or whatever. Uh, 
anyway, yeah, you can't you can't just scale up and scale down time like that. And like any good engineer knows that. But uh, there you go. Um, so so yeah. Re- real quick, we we go mm-hmm. back then to the to the cave. But mm-hmm. but I I wanted to mention I we skipped over or maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I think we skipped over uh, mm-hmm. um, Cutter's saying. Um, like she thinks that what happened is that Daniel misdialed yeah. and uh uh O'Neill is like no like he, I love I love that he just like confidence in in his in Daniel like he yeah, wouldn't make a mistake like that he's I like I like their relationship I like that they're not like you know mm-hmm. I don't think that they're like BFFs, but like I do love mm-hmm. that O'Neill's like no, he would just wouldn't fuck that up. Yeah. Like I just don't believe it. And D- they like just that. have like total trust in each other. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Um, also, yeah, because like she's just being very like scientific and systematic about it and trying to figure out uh, the exact nature of their predicament. Yeah, uh, she's not also- shitting on Daniel. She's just like trying to figure yeah. out what could have happened. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like the fact that they're like they're not around there, and he's like they they've tried their radios and it didn't work. That tells them that they're not in the same place that they are. Um, so yeah, uh, we're back with them now, and uh, he 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 has a broken leg, and she's trying to put a splint on it, and she's trying to get him to like keep talking to uh, take his mind off of the fact that his leg really hurts and that she has to squeeze it real tight with a stick next to it to, in order to fix it. Uh, which, you know, sucks. Uh, uh, and she asks him about other times he's broken his bones, and he says, like, he's, it's happened to him nine times, I think, which, which you know, sounds like a lot, but for a soldier, maybe not. Um, but, like, he specifically says, like, he starts to tell the story of uh, last time he broke his leg was uh, in a parachuting incident uh, over the border of Iran and Iraq in 80-something. And, you know, uh, <laughs> immediately I go, wait, 80-something? That's before the Gulf War. What what was he doing there? And, they like, were, he's, yeah, they yeah. were doing shit, but not, you know, above board. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he does say that later that uh, the mission wasn't official and like uh, so that that means that there was no one there to come and rescue him. Uh, he spent uh, a number of months uh, in a Iraqi prison and he eventually had to bust out himself and he got out of there. Um, it's kind of surprising because you would think he would have been helping. Like we were more oh, on the yeah. Iraq side in the Iraq Iran <laughs> War. Yeah, no, he he was a U.S. soldier. What? Yeah. Wait, was Iraq at war against Iran in those days? I don't know enough about yeah, the history of that. Yeah, we gave them okay. chemical weapons. All right. So at this point, uh, Zach's mic started acting up, and he started uh, sounding like some kind of Silent Hill monster. Uh, actually, it wasn't his mic. He literally turned into a Silent Hill monster right there. Uh, just for the next little bit, uh, basically his audio sounded like garbage with a lot of uh, radio feedback on it, so I'm not going to subject your ears to that, but thankfully, thanks to the, an advanced uh, science computer algorithm, we've managed to digitally reconstruct Zach's voice and salvage this audio. So uh, this is what's going to play right now. If you're wondering why, uh, I don't think you, you you would be able to tell the difference, but I just wanted to warn you, uh, just in case uh, you feel the power of the 
AI technology has become too advanced and you're afraid that robots might come and replace us. Uh, yes, you should be afraid because, as you're about to hear, uh, it is that bad. So take it away, digitally reconstructed Zach. Yeah. My guess is just what happened was that he was a snarky asshole then. Yeah. Uh, and so they just <laughs> put him in jail. I, I, <laughs> I really have to like... Richard Dean Anderson is very funny in this episode and in this scene, specifically, like, when he's in a lot of pain, he does great acting. And, also I feel like, one of the things that, that I like about his character is that I genuinely feel that almost every single line O'Neill says is like something that a G.I. Joe would say when you pull there, like, talk string. Like, he only speaks in cliches, basically, but he, like, makes you like the character anyway and I think, think this. This epic scene, like, really shows it because almost everything he says is uh -huh. like, hey, yeah, you know, hurts, a bunch, just, all of those gruff cliches, like, it's funny, so, yeah. Yeah, he, it, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Which is funny, because, like, uh, O'Neill is always the character who points out the cliches and breaks the fourth wall and, like, complains whenever the bad guys are, be are being too cheesy and stuff like that. But he is, like, still just uh, quoting, basically, uh, TV tropes page for stuff soldiers say in oh, TV yeah. shows. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, very uh, much, yes. Um, yeah, and like she, she asks, she asks him, uh, "What got him out of there when he was in prison?" And he says, "Sarah." And she just looks at, stares at him, and says, "Your wife." And like, if you were wondering what I meant about like the 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 ship that gets started is like the 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 way that these actors are acting with each other that seems almost romantic. That's that's like that's something that the actors chose to bring to this episode. It wasn't scripted like that, and they kind of ran with it after because like the internet like went wild with it and. So there's the yeah. It, my so my wife Adrian only watched the uh, has only watched the episodes I've watched for for this show because I mm -hmm. watched them like right beforehand, mm -hmm. and uh, so she's only seen this one and the horrible uh, the the yeah emancipation bad sexist uh, <laughs> yeah emancipation but mm -hmm. but like in that one it he he like jokes about her like. Mm -hmm taking her clothes off and stuff and yep. like i yep. she she was like very basically like well this is on purpose right and uh -huh. then i was like i think that not really till af so, like after yeah no that, that the thing is like there's a boner joke he makes later on in this yeah. episode that was ad-libbed it wasn't in the script so <laughs> like it's it's just something he came up with and it's, it's just him joking about it but like the fans you know the, the the shipping fans specifically really took it to heart and ran with it. Uh, the the Jack and Sam ship is by far the biggest one that this show has, uh, followed by Jack and Daniel. So uh, make of that what you will. I, do, but I this, mean, I think I think it's cute. Like she, mm -hmm. I think I want to say he's way older than her, but it's mostly pretty cute. Yeah, he's he's me. I yeah he I I'm almost scared to look now. Uh, hang on. I, I think I, I want to say he's maybe 15 years older than her, but uh, I want to okay. say he's in his 70s. RDA anyway. was born in 1950, and Amanda Tapping yeah, was so he's born in, in his 70s uh, now. 65. Okay, I was right on it. He's 15, hey, 15. years older than her. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. is not so, like I mean that's not insane. I guess it's it's, yeah. a, it's a little bit, but yeah, yeah. 
Also, like, you know, so that means that she was 32 and he was 47 at that point. It's not like she's 20 right. and he's 35. It's, totally. a, it's a different dynamic, you know. Um, so this episode was good for shippers, but <laughs> did anyone take him saying Sarah helped him through it? by coming up with the idea that maybe she was actually like elite special forces <laughs> <laughs> she broke him out yeah yeah i don't think that's that's the implication that we're meant to take from this i don't think anyone like that uh, i like that idea that's very funny to me yeah. what helped you oh, she my rambo tooed him out my, of my there. wife like yeah. wearing like a, an, an lmg and a, like a, a belt of uh bullets Ammo, or yeah. whatever <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you, you hear a commotion outside, and she drives a jeep through the wall in the prison. Uh-huh. Yeah, it just dives out of it to blow up the wall and stuff. Um, the, the other thing that's interesting is that last episode, Carter had a love interest. <laughs> she she kissed a guy just just last week, um, a Tolan guy. If you haven't watched that one, uh, it's I'll a good episode. To. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she just got a, she she just had like a one episode love interest. Who's gonna show up later, like but in season know, three? You're on a Power Rangers show with me. You know that uh-huh. like uh, non main character love interests don't right. count. Right, <laughs> they just that, show that, up and leave. That, that that's the thing is that yeah, uh, Carter and to a lesser degree O'Neill is gonna get like a couple like short-lived love interests as this series goes on, but it's always gonna come back to them having this unspoken like romantic tension that gets resolved years and years down the line. But you know, it's yeah. just there right under the surface. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, now uh, she's she's done. Uh, putting the splint on his leg, and she starts talking survival about all the all the resources they have. They have food for three days that they can stretch. Uh, Water is not a problem because they're surrounded by snow and ice. Um, so uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, I think yeah. So next next scene is when Daniel wakes up and Tilk, like he's sitting right next to him, staring right into his face. Uh, the, the way it's set, it's like he's been like like a dog just sitting next to him, waiting for, staring at his face, waiting for him to wake up this whole time. It's very cute. Tilk is so dedicated to his friends. Um, so yeah, Daniel wakes up. Tilk catches him up on everything that happened, uh, and Daniel says, "Yeah, it doesn't make sense." He, he like Daniel agrees with Tilk that they should be here, and it like there's no way they did make it through the Stargate, and something screwy happened. Um, so yeah, uh, Teal tells him that they're gonna send a probe to the back to the planet to check. Um, and then next scene is like, yeah, we're back in the ice cave, and uh, Carter has found the DHD completely encased in a solid block of ice, <laughs> covered in snow, so, uh, right next, to the, right next to the Stargate, uh, conveniently. So is, is do they really get into that? It's ju- is it just like that that the people who built the Stargate network just put a DHD mm-hmm. next to it yeah. in general? There's no like hard and fast rules about like. I mean, it comes with it, right? It's like it's like right. the keyboard that comes with the computer, basically. Uh, and like some of them don't have a DHD for various reasons. Like the one on Earth, uh, the the one in Egypt specifically didn't have one because they don't have one. But it's you can assume that uh, that Stargate was put there by Ra, and he probably kept the controls in his ship so that right. he could like you only he could control the Stargate, and people on the ground couldn't. Uh, yeah, you you can like connect the dots there. Basically, most Stargates have a DHD. Uh, okay. Some yeah. Uh, At first, I thought I I actually thought that this was going to be like 
a weird like time travel type thing because mm-hmm. I, I which I don't think they do a ton of, but like she says some stuff about like oh uh you know like it's weird that this is buried but the gates open and I wonder if there's been <laughs> like a recent ice age or something and I was kind yeah. of oh what, yeah like like oh is this like is this the, the ice age on earth or yeah. in the i in the past or something yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that that that's a that's a good guess uh it's it's no is she she's wrong it's not an ice age it's it's actually pretty funny because she keeps assuming that this is an ice planet and an, and, a, yes. and a planet that's in an ice age and she literally goes up to the surface near the end of the episode and looks around and goes well we're fucked because this entire planet is nothing but ice she, as she far says as the ice planet see. so many times and i know that that's how it always works in science fiction uh-huh. and and i guess you know the planets we've found are uh-huh. kind of like that but uh-huh. but she just keeps saying saying ice planet and i'm yep. like i mean no. I, planets are I guess big it, yeah <laughs> it, you know it's just funny that she's yeah immediately assumes oh we're on ice planet and we're dead yep. and it's no like, you're you're on you know yeah. you go far enough in one direction you reach florida it's not a nice planet not that if uh, you're in the middle of antarctica <laughs> that's really gonna help you but yeah, like, yeah still <laughs> Well, the, the way they make it look at the end of the episode, it sure seems like Colorado is just a skip and a hop from the right. South Pole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, she, so, she's found, as we said, the DHD encased in ice, and she starts chipping away at it with her knife, uh, and uh, she starts talking about her theories about what happened. And I just want to take a slight pause here again uh, to mention, like, an outtake that, that is pretty infamous from this episode, uh, where... Uh, that came out like in a bunch of like DVD extras and stuff that it was, uh, she like, uh, Amanda Tapping and the director of this episode, Martin Wood, uh, kind of like colluded to ruin a take of this, sh- of, of, uh, of this of this scene to <laughs> to make fun of Richard Dean Anderson basically because like she starts yelling at him that oh he's MacGyver and he can't get him out of there and he could just like put That's shoelaces and, and and whatever together and find a way to do it but like she really oversells it it's it's kind of cringy to watch but it's it's cute at the same time and the we spent seven years on MacGyver and you can't figure this one out. We, we got belt buckles and shoelaces and a piece of gum. Build a nuclear reactor, for crying out loud. You used to be MacGyver, McGadget, McGimmick. Now you're Mr. McUseless. Dear God. Stuck on a glacier with MacGyver! What I like about this specific outtake is you can see the, like, after the first couple lines, Richard Dean Anderson clearly understands what's going on, and he just turns to the camera and stares until she's done talking. It's kind of funny. That's very good. I'll have to watch that. That's funny. (laughs) Um, You know, it's like, okay, it gets cringe, but it was for, like, him. It was for, like, an onset joke. It was a joke. It was just, like, to prank him specifically while they were shooting, so it's fine. that's That's funny. Yeah. Um... So she says, then, like she had. Sorry, I was just gonna say she. she they they point out, or, or, or basically, um, uh, O'Neill is like, well, they'll start sending, you know, they're surely they'll send search parties, and she's <laughs> like, she points out, like, well, the problem is that like there are millions of possible yeah. combinations, yeah. and and so like you know, it's probably it's really unlikely that that they find us. Mm-hmm. Um, like by random chance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he there's a specific exchange where, where like 
Uh, he says, okay, with all the p- possible Stargates, a random search could take 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he says, not if they look first. And uh-huh. she's like, even if they all start searching right now, the mathematical prob- probability, and then he stops her. Mm-hmm. And I could, I literally could feel him being like, right here is where I would say, never tell me the odds if I didn't uh-huh. think we would maybe get sued by George <laughs> Lucas. I mean, yeah. Um, but they like, yeah. They they do make an overt Wizard of Oz reference in this episode. I think we skipped over it when he first wakes up. He he says we're not in Kansas anymore. Oh um, yeah, I wrote that down because I'm. I know that he's the quippy guy. I uh-huh. praised him for it earlier, but yeah. I was like, your job is to teleport around the <laughs> fucking galaxy. Why are you making this joke like fifteen episodes in? What, uh-huh. Like you're hardly in Kansas. Yeah, yeah. do you think he says that you like every Kansas. time, and they just don't show that part yeah. usually? <laughs> yeah, Ironically, like, they're much closer to Kansas than they might be if they were on a yeah. different planet uh, than usual. Uh, yeah, so yeah, there's this little exchange. Basically, like the the gist of this scene is uh, Carter's figured out that the the Stargate f- malfunctioned sometime somehow and sent only the two of them to a different planet. And who knows about Daniel and Tilk, which we know they got back home safe. Uh, they don't know that. Um, yeah, so uh, basically to establish that they can't just uh, send people to save them right now because they don't even know where to look. Um, back on the SGC. Uh, Siler is done, uh, running all the, the boot tests on the Stargate after, uh, fixing all the stuff. And he, he says, okay, f- it's fine. I'm handing it back to you now. Um, so Hammond, uh, orders the style- Stargate to be dialed, uh, back over to the planet they came from to check that they're not still over there. Um, and also like, yeah. So, uh, a couple of things about this scene. Uh, Hammond says, defense teams in position, uh, in the gate room, which, you know, seems unnecessary since they're dialing out and, uh, you can't, like, Stargate only goes one way. No- nothing could come out of the Stargate to hurt them and they're do- when they're doing that, but there you go. Uh, also, yeah, it like- feels like they forgot that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cause, cause they're definitely acting like, because they, they scream, like, close the gate. And also, uh-huh. I, I meant to ask, what's with the iris thing? That uh-huh. I feel like I don't remember that being explained. Yeah, the, is the it- iris is just their, their Stargate shield that they have. Whenever, like, they, they, they receive... Uh, uh, they, they, whenever another planet dials to Earth, uh, they close the iris to prevent anyone from coming through and until okay. they've, uh, until they've authenticated who it is because okay. they have, they have these GDOs, which is short for garage door openers, uh, that are these little like wrist, uh, devices that they send a code through the Stargate with to say, Hey, this is SG1 or this okay. is SG whatever. And then they open the iris. I was going to say, cause I, I was like, I was confused as to why you would need that when you can just like turn it off. Yeah. But but I forgot that they can come in the other <clears> way you, and you, then you, you that can't makes sense. Turn, yeah. yeah, you can't turn the Stargate off from the receiving end. Like only right. only the okay. caller can hang up basically. Uh also it, it will shut itself down after thirty thirty eight minutes, which is gonna be a thing. Um, okay, so that that makes sense. And then also but but it's still like you said, they shouldn't then need like 
people with just guns pointed at it if no. they're going that if, way. So. If they're the ones dialing, this is unnecessary. Uh, also, Tilk says, uh, SG-3 and us are ready to go through at your order, and we already know that the leader of SG-3 is Colonel Makepeace, and he's a Marine, because we've seen him before. Uh, but, like, they don't mention Makepeace, they, they mention another name in this. I just wanted to point it out to feel like a wiki article at this point, I guess. Um, nice, good work. <laughs> I guess Makepeace is off-duty at this moment. Uh, so, yeah, they send the probe through and like i alluded to before they we only see footage of this planet on their monitors and it really looks like a cutscene from like the journeyman project or like um, some missed sequel where there's just Rebel like assault three yeah yes. yeah exactly there's just these uh these pillars of stone and like the camera pans over to the side and we see the like the map there and stuff and we eventually just see lasers coming from the distance and shutting off the feed it it really does look like a PC CD-ROM game from the 90s <laughs> that they're playing uh, on their I, monitor there. I know that now there are like royalty-free CG libraries mm -hmm. like you can buy assets from like you can with royalty-free music. I wonder if that was a thing yet at this time because it that that is yeah, I felt like no I feel like no one on the SG1 team made this. I feel like they just got it somewhere. But yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah. Hey, real quick, can I can I make a joke about Colonel Makepeace? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, what <clears throat> is he played by Cena John? <laughs> okay, that's very, it. We can very, continue. Very, Thank very you. Very good. Um All right. So uh we're so we're back. Uh, no, you can't see Najon. Uh -huh. oh, Specifically you cannot see him. And you yeah, can't that's the one thing about him. You can't piece a make because you know Oh uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Speaking Good one. of ironic names. Um, <laughs> um so we're back in the ice cave <clears throat> and O'Neill has like the, the the dialogue confuses me a little bit in this scene because like he's I guess He's like cooked soup from their rations uh, on, on a little burner he has, uh, and he says his melted ice is to die for. So, but they're eating it with the, with a spoon, and they say eat and not drink. So, I guess he did make soup, but he made it with melted ice, and that's the joke. It's it's just kind of weird and awkward. That's the water he added to the to yeah. the powder, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so uh, they have their little soup there. And I just want to say it bothers me a whole lot that he doesn't shut off the burner after he's done cooking that soup. He just leaves it on well, and we never see him turning it off. Well, um, especially since later they specifically are like, we're out of Sterno, which yep. is the stuff they use for that. Yep. And I was like, also, <laughs> if you've ever used Sterno, mm -hmm. they because they use it at... Um, like fancy restaurants some yeah, sometimes yeah. for yeah, yeah. like for presentation and stuff. Yeah. that stuff's hella dangerous oh yeah so uh, yeah not only is he wasting it but also just yeah. like it's, so it's yeah. it's it's like it's it's fondue fluid right it's it's basically the same as lighter fluid but you you use it at like is, but, am I yeah, right? but it also yeah. like it can get on you kind of like napalm because oh, yeah. it's gel yeah. so it's yeah oh okay yeah uh i guess yeah, yeah it's probably just you know they they use what they got to use for their survival kits yeah, or whatever. Just, but I just like you said, it's funny that that he's like anyway, uh, <laughs> no concern about this. Uh -huh, just leave it on. Um, so yeah, yeah, they 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 talk a little bit more, and and this is the scene where he where O'Neill says he thinks he also has a cracked rib, so he's really fucked up. It's it's really bad. Um, 
Uh, Carter has a theory about what happened. Uh, yeah, she's the one that mentions the lightning bolt. All right. Uh, the- but then Daniel basically says the same thing oh, later. Uh, so, yeah, okay. so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she says basically, yes. so they were being shot at by lasers as they were like running back through the Stargate, and enough lasers must have hit the gate to overload its capacitors, and somehow that uh, made the, the wormhole jump to a different Stargate on the receiving end. But uh, the the good news is that if if that is what happened and they figured that out, uh, they can figure out that the, the the destination that they reached is not too far from Earth because it's just right. the end, just like kind of like ticked over to the next closest one in one direction. Uh, so that's yeah, that's it should, it should narrow the search. I was going to yeah. ask, do you? Because I like the that twist at the end mm-hmm. that there's a second one on Earth, mm-hmm. but I was going to ask if you remember if there's ever, like, because it, it's it's kind of a big reveal mm-hmm. that there's two. Yeah, it is. And, and everyone's kind of surprised that there would be two on the same planet. Mm-hmm. And then I was wondering if they ever, like, is that a thing that comes up ever again? Yes. That they, okay. It's, it's, okay. it's a big deal. Let me just uh, link you the, the cover of the second Stargate DVD movie, which is called Stargate Continuum. And you will see that it's a big deal that there's a second Stargate in the ice on Earth uh, all the way up to after season 10 of this show. They don't forget this. It's a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, cool. Um, well, that's good. I mean, I think the show tends to have... Like, it obviously has, like, one-off episodes, but it does tend to stick to its, like, mm-hmm. gate lore, yeah. I feel like, oh, at least so far. They, so. they stick to it. The thing is, like, okay, so going a- reaching ahead a little bit, uh, they're going to, after this episode, what happens is the U.S. government uh, picks up the Stargate that's in Antarctica, puts it in a crate, and ships it, ships it over to the NID, which is the, the space CIA that was established last episode, uh, that was first mentioned last episode, who are okay. who are basically our Earth bad guys. Uh, whenever they need like the U.S. government to be up to shady X-Files stuff, it's, it's those people. So they're going to have the second Stargate. Uh, you can imagine the kind of plots this leads to down the down the road it's it's really interesting uh this is yeah this is a significant uh episode plot wise for this okay cool because i was like the whole time at first i was like they're not going to explain this malfunction it's Mm -hmm. just like for the episode plot and then they do and i was like okay well points to that Mm -hmm. But then in the back of my head, it was like, but I bet it never comes up again. So I guess mm-hmm. I was wrong twice. Nope. So Yeah, nice. this is this is like an arc episode. It doesn't appear to be at first glance, but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there's basically a direct sequel to this episode in season two is uh, how, how, how I can put it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they 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 talked about they they talk about it a, a bit more. If we we cut back to Teal'c and Daniel, who are basically repeating the conversation that Jack and Sam just had, uh, figuring out the same stuff from the other side. Um, yeah, slowly because it's it's gonna be like a, a bit more time. Uh, th- well, he he doesn't get it right right away. He's like, okay, I think you know he does come up with like it can't be that I. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's not that far, mm-hmm. but like he 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 does doesn't get it 
exactly right mm-hmm. uh, in terms of oh, it's like jumped. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. He, he figures out yeah. something uh, screwy happened, and they ended up at the different Stargate. Uh, and they also say so. Maybe actually they just like vanished from existence because the Stargate fucked up and they're gone forever. And they're like, yeah, that's possible. But also let's oh, let's act as if it's not that because then we have a reason yeah, to look. Yeah, because you know? Tialk. Tialk um, postulates they could have died in the in the wormhole, the transmission yeah. in the wormhole, mm-hmm. which uh, is t- terrifying uh-huh. <laughs> to think about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not that anyway. We already know they're not dead, so uh, yeah, uh, everyone gets to keep searching. Uh, so we're back in the ice cave, and Carter is uh, chipping away at some 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 more ice, and we see a frozen hand of a Jaffa uh, stuck in the ice. Specifically, a serpent guard, I guess. So, uh, I, I guess like uh, some Apophis Jaffa specifically ended up at that Stargate at some point and like f- were frozen in the ice because they couldn't get back. Uh, <laughs> that's the implication. Um, yeah, don't know how yeah, that they, happened, they, but there you go. A similar kind of accident, I guess. I mean, they should look around for a guy in a red, white, and blue costume <laughs> who is fighting some sort of yeah. Yeah, Hydra-esque uh-huh. uh, servants. Yeah, you know, uh, you might find all kinds of cool cool things frozen in the ice. There, the, This <laughs> Jaffa is, like, not mentioned again at all. It's It, it feels like a drop C-plot for this episode or something, because it's just, ooh, we find it, and it's a little scary, but that's all we have to say about it. Um, yeah, because that is, it's like, oh, I guess they, they made it all the way to Earth, but, like, then just gave up because uh-huh. the couple guys died. Yeah. That is weird. That might be, uh, I yeah. don't know. Uh, yeah, it might be an even older ex- expedition that found Earth through the Stargate uh, before Ra put the, the the other Stargate in Egypt. I don't know. Um, right. Uh, snakes are cold blooded. I get why they'd stay away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we're uh, so we're back in the SGC, and now they're talking with Siler, and he's like, like I said before, he's the one that explains how stargates and wormholes work now because he's the closest thing to an expert they have, and he says, so the stargates are capacitors, uh, which is like he's bringing, he's really bringing the electrician's uh, perspective to all this, and he says, you know, well, if if somehow you overload the circuit or whatever, it has to jump to a different pole, which is a different stargate, so we don't know that this would happen for sure, but we have a theory that this is how it works. Uh, yeah, it has to discharge at a different Stargate because that's the only way a wormhole can can open in our universe uh, <laughs> as long as we're making up sci-fi stuff. Um, well, he says like the energy can't just go away, which yeah. is like, okay, ha- sure. It, there has that. to be conservation yeah. of energy even like in the multiversal whatever right. dimension that the Stargate goes through, uh, which is like very Newtonian for a thing that, you know, goes through wormholes in space. Um, <laughs> um, so General Hammond is like, okay, so you're saying it can only be in this like area, but that's still a ton. Yeah, but and Daniel's I mean, like, yeah, but it's way less. Yeah. So we should still try. Ba- basically, they can they, they can like establish an order of priority where they can just like see which which stargates have the least variance in the whatever angle of the vector from the origin uh, that that they can start with the ones closer to Earth. And we see like he. They, I will say. Oh, sorry. Continue. Sorry. I, I, I was gonna say they put a red line on this on the map that they have to really illustrate that, uh, so that yeah. the audience gets it. 
I, I do think it's a little funny because like obviously they don't know exactly how it works mm-hmm. still and that's fine mm-hmm. but i do like that they come up with all these theories and techno babble to explain it's probably at one of the close ones <laughs> to the one we thought it would be yeah and i'm i'm like i feel like you would have just started there anyway uh-huh. like regardless of of like explanation but sure yeah 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 i mean you would think that but at least you know uh they might not have thought of literally dialing the planets that are physically closer to to earth i guess um but like yeah they're still that's true because i don't know if if like the sequence of buttons you push if it's like are the physically closer ones like close on the in the buttons, yeah, I don't maybe. know that we I don't know, know that. I, I think like but, the, their computer, yeah. based on the coordinates and stuff, does extrapolate the actual physical location of each planet they go to. Right. So, so they have that in their database, if not on their nice etched glass 2D map, which every time I think about it, doesn't make it like a sense for like a star map of all the stargates no, you've been wild. through. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, back back on back on ice. Uh, Carter has excavated enough of the DHD to access the buttons, so she's like, all right, uh, now or never, let's dial this stuff. And we see that Jack is starting to cough up blood now, which is real bad. You, you don't want that. It's gross. Yeah. It it was more visceral than I thought yeah, it would be. I mean, it's co- not good. Coughing blood on snow is a big, like, uh, contrast and everything, too. It, it, it's a very yeah. striking image. Um, so somebody who recently had a mouthful of blood. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't want that. I can imagine. Uh, um, the taste is upsetting. Yep. I remember I was just thinking about this. I used to drink, you know, in college, too much beer. Blood? And oh. no, I didn't drink blood. But it's not as <laughs> off as you might think. Basically, yeah. I used to drink a lot of uh, red ale, which is like yeah. got a coppery color to yep. it, and it does. Kind of taste it tastes a little, a bit, little bit like pennies. yeah, metallic. But uh, I mean, red wine is but, what tastes the most like blood of the. You know, it's all. Yes. you know that there's a reason why vampires are, are always playing on the the difference yeah. between red wine and blood. But you know, red wine right. has a lot of iron in it, and so does blood. That's why the taste is similar. But I remember once or twice in college drinking like literally like two pitchers mm-hmm. of like Killian's mm-hmm. shitty red ale, mm-hmm. and and just becoming like suddenly convinced that I was bleeding like a lot into my mouth <laughs> because that's just what it tasted like. Oh, wow. Uh, that sounds it's intense. Not good. I don't think I've, I've had yeah, don't do beer that. taste that much like that, actually. Don't do that, kids. Um, um, but but yeah, so he, he she put, does it and yeah, it doesn't she, work. She dials the, the, the Earth coordinates and we see specifically the point of origin on this DHD that she points to saying, this is this planet's point of origin. And it's like, it's funny that she points that because that's going to be an inconsistency later on because when we see this gate again, it should be that symbol and it's not going to be. But anyway, uh, just a little bit of trivia right there. Um uh yeah so it doesn't work and at this point we think you know uh well if we know the end of this episode i was thinking well if she had just like done the first step of like debugging properly and just tried a different combination to any other planet she would have like the target would have turned on and their problem would have been solved and it's just because she this is yeah there are so many things that she like What's so funny is the reason that this is a problem. Mm-hmm. After I finished watching the episode, mm-hmm. it became the 
reason this is a problem is because she solves it too fast. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally the problem is that she figured it out the first try. Mm-hmm. Because if she didn't, then it, it would have worked and just taken her somewhere yeah. else. And then she could Stargate back yeah. to Earth. I will also say, how do you pick which, if there's two gates, I mean, this is not important, mm-hmm. but- how do you pick which one you're going to go yeah. to? Because they only ever have so, gone to the yeah, other here, one Here's previously. the thing. This is going to be established later on. Uh, the Stargate in the SGC is hooked up to power, which is how the wormhole knows that that's the one to target because it's like it, it has oh, a charge. Okay. So it's, it's like attracting the current of the wormhole to it. It's actually explained later on. It's pretty cool. And they're going to like, there's going to be workarounds and shit about the fact that there's two Stargates on Earth and they're going to play around with this idea a lot. It's going to be really okay. interesting. Um, but yeah, it's so funny that that's the problem is that like she got the correct sequence uh-huh. immediately and therefore didn't, like you said, debug it. She <laughs> also, I mean, we'll say it, it, it happens in a little bit, but it it takes her like 24 hours to think, what if I turn it off and back on again? <laughs> yeah, that turns- And I briefly thought that was going to solve it. And I was going to be a combination of really angry and also think it was the funniest uh-huh. thing that had ever but, happened. Uh, so but that's the thing is when, after she's done the reboot thing is because like, we don't get the little earthquake right yet. Right. No, it's, it's later after she turns it off and back on and she tries earth again. That's when it gives the shakes to the SGC. And that gives Daniel the idea that actually solves, uh, the problem. Uh, so like turning right. it off and back on was necessary. Cause I guess the thing had, I don't know, had soft crashed and it needed to reboot right. or whatever. Um, but get a toothpick and push the little button in for five seconds. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's the thing is, even if at, right after this she starts to try other planets, it's, it's also not going to work if it still needs to be rebooted first. It's like a combination she needed to reboot and then try another planet. It's, it's those are always yes. hell to debug. Um, so yeah, we're back on on in Colorado. Uh, we see that they've added like a bunch of different red lines on the map now with little post-its at the end of, of each uh, as they're tracking which planets they've tried uh, to to look at. Um, and Daniel is uh, getting a little desperate, and Hammond walks in and says, "Yeah, I've had them like officially declared missing in action." And Daniel takes it. Uh, takes it pretty bad, and Hyman says that doesn't mean we stop looking. It just means you know uh, we can we we don't we we have to put it in our report for whatever uh, whatever official overhead and tracking. Uh, you know, there's it it involves contacting their families presumably, which right missing in action is like it, it like if they don't report in. I don't know the exact rules, mm-hmm. but it's like if you don't report in it like two or three consecutive mm-hmm. like times you're supposed to check in, they have to log yeah. you that way to show like like you said, it's like it's more of a paperwork thing. Mm-hmm. And Daniel's like, No <laughs> and it's just like, Okay, buddy, relax. It's, we'll, we'll, yeah. I, we'll keep looking. I'm just wondering at this point about because okay, we're if if they, they if they contacted their families and stuff to say they're missing in action, if they have to, like legally, I don't know. Because we're gonna meet uh, Sam's father in season two, and he doesn't know about the Stargate, and he thinks that she works at the Pentagon, like analyzing radar telemetry specifically. That's the cover story he has, and like I'm wondering. Yeah, that's a fair yeah, point. I'm wondering if yeah. she got a letter like missing in action. I thought she was just like 
looking at paperwork and doing math in an office yeah. what's going on here because uh, <laughs> obviously they often don't tell you exactly what they're doing yeah. but like yeah if you thought that she was like over there mm-hmm. at the pentagon uh-huh. that would be weird mm-hmm. um so yeah uh now we get to uh the cuddling scene which is uh the one that really launched that ship i i, st- I talked about where they're uh, huddled up uh jack and sam uh in their uh big blankets try to keep each, the warmth with each other's bodies under one blanket uh, and they talk about it a little bit uh, and like they try to sleep and Jack tries to to tell her hey uh, I can't sleep because I have a cracked rib and you're laying on top of it and she goes oops sorry and she, uh, yes. she just like scoots away a little bit <laughs> I think he's good at like the like he is still making jokes, mm-hmm. which would maybe feel a little incongruous with how hurt he's supposed yep. to be. But he also is acting like he can barely talk. Yeah. It's just that this is like how he's getting through yeah. it. Basically. It's just like his like, so. psychological defense mechanism or whatever. Um, yeah, but he's he's like like she's laying on his ribs mm-hmm. that <laughs> has to hurt insanely bad, and he's he the most he can muster is like. Please get off. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. Is basically like how he's acting uh-huh. it. So it's it's funny. But then, yeah, he makes a bonus yeah, joke. Yeah, he makes a bonus joke. Um, Colonel. It's my sidearm, I swear. <laughs> and this specific thing was ad-libbed by Richard E. Anderson. And, you know, the fandom ran with it, as you can imagine. Uh, <laughs> they took it as canon that I, she felt his boner or I whatever. I thought it was, I don't know. I I think because like the last one I was on was a problem, uh-huh. like sexist. Uh-huh. I was like, come on. <laughs> but honestly, then she like giggles, and he's like, please, no giggling. Uh-huh. It hurts. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, fine. It, 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 it. It's kind of cute. cute. I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, he's pro. I uh, my position is uh, that he did not actually have a boner, and he was just making a joke. If if no, you're asking I, me, I don't. I honestly don't think that's the case. <laughs> I think I think he's just kidding. Because, yeah. like I said, I think that's how he's like getting yeah. through yeah. dying, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's it. Uh, it's just slowly. So okay, and this is so. This is where basically. I, and I know that we're like skipping time a little mm-hmm. bit, but uh, like one scene ago, Hammond came in and said, "Hey, they're MIA, yeah. that, but don't freak out. That doesn't mean uh, that they're we're not go- we're going to stop mm-hmm. looking." And then we have one scene in the cave, and then Hammond comes back in and says, "Anyway, we're going to stop looking <laughs> yeah, for they, them they, now." They, they have a little like <laughs> montage first, where you see yes. like with the sad music, all the teams coming back, and Daniel killing himself with coffee and not sleeping, and uh, you you just like see a team come through the Stargate, and like in in the background, the guy just like shakes his head no, and you see Walter in the foreground going. Ah. Damn it, no one can find them. Like, it's clearly been a while. It's just the way yeah. it plays out is like, okay, well, I guess we gave up pretty quick. Yeah, but I mean, right, whatever. It's, it's established they had supplies for three days that they've been stretching, so it can't have been that long. It's been under a week for sure, or O'Neill would be dead by now. Uh, yeah, she, so Carter says when, when we come mm-hmm. back um, that, like, she's been working. So he passed yeah. out, and then this is the first he's been awake since mm-hmm. that. And she says, I've been working on this thing for, like, 
I can't remember. She says between like 12 and 24 yeah, hours. Yeah. Like a, he slept for a long mm-hmm. time. So even then it can't be more than like a yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, so. Yeah. And yeah. she says like, this is where she says, we can see like the their little cooking burner is lit in the background. And she says, she says she's afraid that his leg might get uh, frostbite and she's been using the sterno to heat it up. But that's running out now. Uh, but it's clearly like over there, like heating up a pot of some kind in the back and it, it's still on and she's still using it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. She said, so then she's like, anyway, I know you're having trouble getting food down, but you have to he- eat this mm-hmm. soup because uh, basically because they're not out of soup. Mm-hmm. But the sterno is going to run yep. out, so then they can't turn the soup into right. liquid. Right, it's going to it's with, it's because it's just the one they ice. have is going to freeze, yeah. and they can't make any more after that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, she just like uh, tries to feed them some soup. Uh, it's uh, yeah, very sad. Very you know, uh, she takes care of him and everything. And that's when he says, "Okay, uh, I've everything you've told me sounds very desperate. It's time to go to plan B and she doesn't want to do it. And he says, no, you have to like find your way out of this cave and go to the surface and see if you can find anyone and try to find a way to survive on this planet now. Because that's the only way you, you <laughs> that's only that's the only way you're going to live is if you leave me behind or you're we're both going to die down there basically. And she doesn't want to, but she eventually relents because she's desperate enough. Um, well, first she says no. Yeah. She so she because there's one more scene oh, with yeah. her okay. trying to yeah. fix it because she's basically like, no, I, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna fix that Stargator. Yep. We're both because she hasn't like, yet I'm tried turning it. it off and on, which you know. Yes. Uh, anyway. Um. Yeah, but back on. So Tilk is walking walks out of the Stargate from a planet they were searching, holding this guy on his shoulders who's like bleeding from the head, and says, "Major Castleman uh, requires attention." Which is, yeah, that's the one they've mentioned in dialogue before as the leader of SG three. So I guess, uh, whoops, the guy who was taking over for Makepeace for this episode just has just had it. Uh, don't know if he's gonna survive right. or not. He's not even the speaking role, but yeah. whatever. And and I guess actually I realize it's not. It's not so much uh, time. It's that I think it's more that Hammond is like, okay, people are getting yeah. hurt now, and like it's not. Yeah, worth at this it. point, like, like the we, math doesn't add up. We're trying to save two people, and we're gonna risk, risk the lives of a bunch of people to do that. Maybe that's like, yeah, it's just the, the grim reality is we can't really do this. Uh, yeah, and he says like. He also does say that this is the last of the planets that fit your theory, yeah. which, uh, so I guess they just tested all yeah, of them. We, they, uh, they went to all of them. I mean, it doesn't take long to, to dial the Stargate and check it out and come back, I guess. Because um, you only have to check, like, right near it, right? right? It's not like they would be, I mean, yeah, like, the, way Because their away, theory so. is they were flung out of the Stargate and are maybe unconscious right next to it, so, yeah. Um, right. Yeah, and Dan said it's been a few mm-hmm. days. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Hammond calls it off basically after Teal says, I'm ready to go again right now. And Hammond says, No, you don't, like, we can't, we don't have anywhere else to send you to. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to, uh, face the truth and, uh, accept that they're gone now. Uh, so yeah, we, we cut back to Sam and now she's, she's doing the thing where she turns it off and on again as we've, been talking about uh and she tries to dial earth again and this time it shakes a bunch so clearly there's something more happening than before but it doesn't work because 
like Daniel is going to mention, the, the, this shaking is what happens when a Stargate that is not properly secured uh, is activated. Uh, but like, yeah, we can see it's it's shaking over there in, Ant- in Antarctica, and it's also shaking in Colorado, because we see that Jurassic Park shot of that water glass wiggling around. Um, yeah. This is also where she says, I've been working on it for 12 yeah. hours. But again, and I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. mean but she's like she's basically like i've been working on it for 12 mm-hmm. hours oh shit but i haven't tried restarting <laughs> it and she also hasn't tried dialing anywhere else uh-huh. so what was she uh-huh. doing i know right like, was she just pushing the same buttons over and yeah. over again and it's not and, working and like ma- I don't maybe know. there's not an easy yeah. switch you can use to turn it off and back on maybe she had to do a whole like big bypass electronics bypass to figure it out and she had to figure it, it out it looks like she like pushes something under the yeah. console and it turns she, off she, she, she yeah. reaches into the magic like behind the prop area where anything can happen and can yes. exist it's up to yeah, your it, imagination and she just click click I kind of wanted her to hold like like five specific <laughs> buttons down for ten yeah. seconds because that's that feels <laughs> to, correct. To do a hard but, reset, yeah. yeah, full full power cycle. Yeah. Um, Puts in the chevrons for the task mm-hmm. manager. Yes, exactly. God, that would be so funny. You push this like three at the same uh-huh. time, and it just gives you a full like user guide, uh-huh. and they're like, "Ah, oh, shit!" We that, it it, that it starts giving you a beep code, ago. but now you have to figure out what three yeah. beeps means and whatever. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so Daniel has noticed that that there was a tremor over there, and he goes, "Wait, right. that seems to light up a light bulb above his head," because he's figured something out. And he calls Tilcover and talks to him, and he says, "I couldn't sleep." And we're gonna see later on, for, based on what he says, that it's four a.m. Or, or something, and he's just been up all night, I guess, uh, trying to uh, just stewing on this because they haven't made any progress until uh, this little quake happened. Uh, so yeah, now we're back with Jack and Sam, and she tells him that it didn't work, and he says, okay, no more excuses, you just go up there now. Yeah, get yeah. up there. And he says, please, which I think is what does yeah. it, because uh, he doesn't order, he's just like, yeah, please. Yeah, just save your life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she does that, and she starts climbing out of there. Uh, now we're back on, uh, Daniel is trying, to, is uh, pleading to Hammond that he says, hey, uh, I just had a crazy thought, what if there's a second Stargate on Earth? Um, and I really, one of the things I think that's is very, it's like both funny because it's it's necessary, mm-hmm. but I think it it's impressive. Is how many times this series so far even mm-hmm. uh, has like come up with in fiction explanations for why something is different than it is in the yeah. movie, <laughs> and and here they explain that. In fiction, the reason that it doesn't, the whole room doesn't mm-hmm. shake like it does yeah. in the Stargate the yep. movie is because afterwards they installed like dampeners uh-huh. that, yeah, on the Stargate that, that's the thing so, we saw so blow that it up. doesn't yeah, shake. That's, they're the things we saw blow up in the beginning of the episode. It's just these little clamps that are holding the Stargate steady, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so he says, so there was just a, so what if we, I don't even know if he puts together that that earthquake is like, mm-hmm. what is this Stargate? But I think that it maybe just gives him the idea, yeah. but he's basically like, hey, can we search for seismic activity? Because yeah. it shook so yeah. hard that it would have caused seismic yeah, right. activity. And it, and we can, it, it, it's implied yeah. that it starts to shake before the wormhole is established as the Stargate is receiving the 
did the data or whatever, and it goes because it's being charged yeah. up with energy. And, oh, and yeah, he does say like like you said. Oh, what if there's a second Stargate yeah, on Earth? And, That's why we can't yeah. find it. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I uh, just like I there there was just an earthquake uh, in the middle of the night, and like uh, he says, he thought that the Stargate was about to turn on, but nothing happened. And he says, what if that was them trying to reach us, and they can't get through because the line is busy? And that's where he pulls out his phone analogy, and he asks Steel specifically. Oh wait, it's not. It's in the next scene. Sorry. Um, so uh, that is funny, though. Yeah, he's like, "What happens if you call your 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 own phone number?" And he's looking at Teal'c, and Teal'c just fucking dead stares at him, and he's like, I'm, "This was the wrong person yeah, to he, ask." I'm he turns sorry. to Hammond and asks yeah. him, and he says, "Oh, you get a busy signal, and I guess the busy signal yeah. in this analogy is the earthquake." Um, what happens when you dial your own phone number? Wrong person to ask. What happens when you dial your own phone number? You get a busy signal. So yeah, that's it. What happens if you dial your own cell number? I've, Does anything happen? I've never right, tried that. Maybe it just goes straight to maybe, voicemail. Maybe it goes straight to right voicemail. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, I bet that's what it does. Yeah, I think you're right. Hold on. Simon's yeah, doing it. This is on. very funny. We're a very scientific podcast. Nope. Yeah, you gotta know. Wait. That that went to like when I dial my voicemail. It it went to me checking my voicemail. Yeah, so I, that's I think that's how it has yeah. to work. It goes to your voicemail yeah. box. But so, it, it, okay. it didn't go to me I've, leaving yeah. myself a voicemail. It it went to me checking it. So anyway, because right. um, it sees it coming from your number. Yeah. That makes sense. I just was curious because I remember that that's how landline uh-huh. works, but I couldn't remember yeah. what. When you said wait, so. there was a very small part of my brain that thought, "What if somebody." Or what if he heard himself answer it? <laughs> I, heard, I just That'd heard myself from the future telling me that I'm about to die or whatever, because this is like a Twilight Zone I've, episode now. I thought you were just, I briefly just thought you had misdialed yourself <laughs> and accidentally called a random person on a oh, podcast, no. which would have been pretty funny, too. If you call your own cell phone and you hear your voice say, I've been waiting for this call. <laughs> oh, God. I don't like that. Um... Five second horror stories. There's a anyway. It made me think. There's a the the, the Midnight Club is the latest Mike Flanagan series that's on Netflix, and there's a. It's basically like uh, uh it's basically Are You Afraid of the Dark, but with a big framing story around it, and it's like takes itself more more oh, seriously. And one of the stories has to do with a kid who gets a, has a VCR, and he sets the VCR to record uh, that night, but it records the the next night over. So he sees the news from the Ooh. next day, and like yeah, that's that made me think of that for some reason. That's fun. Um, anyway, um, so she climbs uh, up yep. and out, and she like she um, she reaches daylight, and we get a nice aerial shot of her like peeking out of uh, what is uh, clearly somewhere in the mountains in the Rockies near Vancouver in the wintertime, uh, <laughs> covered in in snow, which is still like yeah, I mean, given I I actually was surprised because like. I, you know, I'm not shit talking mm-hmm. the episode. It's fine, but it did definitely feel like one of those episodes you have in a long running s- 
uh, sci-fi mm-hmm. show where you're just like, this is the budget saving yeah. episode. Yeah, I mean, they they uh, they, did, they, they they had a whole ice cave set that like you know looks pretty good. Yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah, but it's you know it's that set and the main set and mm-hmm. that's it. And then they do it's like oh well they at least like she went up to the yep. mountains like for but, sure they yeah, did that. but also it's the same mountains that they always go to uh, on Star right. It's just they yeah. went in the winter and maybe a little higher up because there's more snow uh, <laughs> in this case. Um, yeah, so she looks around and and and, and concludes it's an ice planet and there's there's no signs of anything uh, all around at the on the horizon and it's it's the the funny thing is that as she's doing this we we we're back on the SGC and we see literally a map of Antarctica with a red dot on it that shows exactly where she is because <laughs> uh, because Walter is looking at it and he says yeah uh, they've triangulated earthquakes uh, at the time of the initial accident and also at the time. That Daniel saw, saw the glass of water shake, and that the, there there was also a tremor at this exact spot in Antarctica at the same time, uh, which is you know uh, it's it doesn't matter much, but wow, good good uh, good computer database of earthquakes for 1998 yes, that they yes. had just had this like up that they could Google that for just like at a, at a second's notice. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so then she climbs back down and. You get this very sweet, like, because he's passed mm-hmm. out, and she, I, I assume she thinks he's dead. Yeah. She men- does mention earlier she is not a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, or not. Th- she says not that kind of mm-hmm. doctor. Um, and she whispers like it was an honor to serve mm-hmm. with you, and I guess lays down to uh-huh. die, uh, and then whoops, <laughs> here come uh, the rescue yeah. team repelling into the yeah. cave. So. Uh, yeah, I just want yeah, also, like, uh, they, they specifically mentioned McMurdo Base uh, as a place that's, like, a, f- a few kilometers away from this spot. Uh, McMurdo is an American base that's on the coast of Antarctica. Uh, it's a civilian mm-hmm. base, uh, so when Hammond says, order McMurdo to send a rescue team, I... uh, you can't order them to do anything. Ask them to do that, maybe, but, you know... Uh, I got a I got a job offer there. Oh wow! Once. Uh, so you didn't take it, huh? It, you didn't you didn't want to go work to in Antarctica. Uh, it, it was it was like three months a year, oh, yeah. And then the rest of the time you would work remote. Yeah. And I talked about it with mm-hmm. my wife. It was one of those things where I was like, I feel like I would be really interested to do that yeah. once it's, it's, but i don't think i would want to do yeah, that every it's, year it, i feel like it's I'd always one like, of those no. jobs it's like uh, to, what did i hear like there's a job that's about changing a bulb or something at the top of a tower and you just only work one day out of the year and whatever but it's like a, a vertiginous dangerous climb and it's paid really well and the guy who does that only does that twice a year or whatever it's it's yeah the pay yeah. was good i just was like <clears throat> i i don't know i don't think i can do that yeah but, yeah three, Three months in Antarctica is a real long time to be there, I guess. Uh, big ask. I think I talked to someone later who had done it, and they were like, uh, you know, you work, but it's kind of like living in a college town, because mm-hmm. literally the only thing there is to do is get wasted. <laughs> oh, like, that's yeah. it. I guess. It, so yeah. people just get drunk together, and I was like, I'm good, I think. I don't, I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a recipe to develop a problem. Um, 
So yeah, she, uh, as you but said, yeah. uh, Carter like comes back down and lays down next to him, and like the next time we cut, she's uh, she's on a stretcher in a bunch of blankets, and uh, Teal and, and Daniel are there, and General Hammond is also there, and they've come over to rescue them. And I just wonder, like, so they took a plane from Colorado to Antarctica, and they went like it had to take over a day to get there, yeah. even. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny because she. She wakes up enough to see Hammond yeah. and is like really surprised that he came through uh-huh. the gate, which <laughs> I I don't need to you know get spoilers uh-huh. for everything, but at least so maybe he does yeah, it eventually, but but at least so far she he hasn't obviously, mm-hmm. and so she's like uh-huh. very shocked, and then he's like no 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 not exactly we didn't really mm-hmm. do that acting, but I'm like but but honestly like. A plane to Antarctica is way <laughs> yeah. longer for I mean, you than going through the Stargate. You, 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 so. You'd almost think that there might be a, a shorter way. Like before the time it takes to take a plane there, someone might figure out a, a way to reproduce the accident and send them there and just take a Stargate from a different planet to get there. It's going to well, be faster, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And also, like you said, there's a base nearby. Yeah. Why yeah, did they what, need what, to go? How, did they wait until right. they got there in so order how, to. How come like, we don't see like yeah. a rescue team of people we've never seen before who just like went over there in snowmobiles and a helicopter and it took them uh, an hour together instead of 24 hours you know right um, right right all good questions all no answers uh that's just how it is uh it's so we could have uh our hammond and daniel and and teal in nice big parkas uh as they go down to Antarctica and rescue them and we get a nice last shot of Hammond staring at the Antarctica Stargate and that's it for this episode and I think I turned it off slightly Mm -hmm. early so I you're right they definitely are because he also says like we're a team is coming to secure the area and then he stares at the Stargate so it it is set up to be like something that continues to matter Um, I just missed Mm -hmm. that I think Uh, but yeah it's interesting I think uh that's a cool development, yep. the idea of like, well, there's two on the same one. And and I wonder, like, you know, I, I'm not going to ask you all these questions <laughs> right now, but like, uh, is that common? Is this the only <laughs> as, place? Like, I think it makes you ask a bunch of fun questions. As far as I know, like, this is the only time we know of a planet having two Stargates on it to begin with. But also, they're going to be like instances of them playing with the idea of what a Stargate can be and where it can go and what it can do that they're, they're, they they play with the idea and when they realize, oh wait, a Stargate is an object that we can use and we can move it places and do fun stuff with it. Like there's going to be Stargates that are in space eventually in like Atlantis. Yeah, it is, it is funny that like, it, I mean, it is attached to the ground because it's stuck in there, but it's not like... Yep. It's not like it's plugged into the ground, like you plug something into a wall socket where it won't work if you move it. So it's like, yeah, it's it's an interesting mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. Um, so that was solitudes. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a, a big a big slice of you know of arc, I guess, in this like in a way that's like wrapped in a like a one off episode with a twist ending. Basically, like you you would think that it doesn't too much but it actually does it's fun but it's it's hard to talk about it in a vacuum because it's like a setup for a bunch of, of stuff that comes down it's, later down the line i enjoyed talking about it yeah. with you i i think it's like it maybe could have used a 
no, like a B plot that wasn't yes. just like like if Daniel and and uh, Tolkien's mm-hmm. theme uh, B plot was like them doing mm-hmm. something instead of just like sitting around right. and being like oh no it's bad then it would probably have yeah. been a better episode because it's just it's a little yeah. slow but like I like I like mm-hmm. it fine it's just a little yeah. slow so uh, that's it next next week is Tin Man uh, which is the last. Uh, First of all, it's another Wizard of Oz reference. <laughs> and second of all, uh, yeah. it's the last uh, standalone episode before we launched into the end of season one uh, arc that is like a three-parter. And then the for the season two premiere is like part four of that whole thing. So that's going to be fun. Uh, we're, we're getting there, everyone. Uh, stick with us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you want to send us questions, uh, you can check out our Twitter account at, at JaffaTakes, where I will post a tweet requesting questions on the day that we record, or the day before, in case of uh, last-minute delays, as happened this weekend specifically, uh, <laughs> due to me uh, forgetting a thing that I had scheduled on the night I was supposed to record the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um no big deal. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, you can also send us um, an email to jaffatakespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can also check out our Discord channel on the Audio Entropy Discord. Uh, the channel is Jaffa Takes. I, will, I post a link on the show notes nice. if you want to like uh, find that uh find that server uh and we have a question that was uh sent on our twitter account by uh by our friend m who was gonna be on this episode but then i had to reschedule <laughs> so they're not on but uh they still posted a question for us to answer here so hi m uh the question is this episode is like the sam jack episode of sg1 but this is the least sexy romantic situation to be stand- stranded in can you come up with a worse yeah. one um the first thing I think of is the entire TV show Lost, <laughs> which is about a bunch of strangers yeah. uh, stranded on a desert island after a plane crash. And also there's sci-fi and magic shit that is killing them on that island. And also a uh, whole yeah, bunch like, of kissing happens on that show. I think there's like, obviously sexy and romantic are, are like intertwined, uh-huh. but like, it doesn't have to be both. There's like, I feel like a lot of horror movies, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm blanking on like specific yeah. ones, but like there's a lot of times where, I mean, you have your slashers where everybody's mm-hmm. making out and that's like titillation is part of it. But a lot of like more serious horror movies, it'll be like, well, these two people fall yeah. in love, but like nothing could be less yeah. sexy than this horrific yeah. it, like, like event that they're trying it, to survive through it would be, like it would be weird if in like the first alien movie you had a subplot where two people were like falling in love on that ship right it would like it would really stand out and be like what the fuck are you doing um yeah wait i think you could do it but like you said it would not no. be sexy it would be like it, oh, this it would is be tragic, tragic. it would be basically. these two people like, have had the relationship and well there's a little bit of that i guess because it's like implied that uh the captain whose name i forgot kind of has like oh, some yeah. kind mm-hmm. of attraction towards ripley and they like he puts it aside when whatever and it, it, anyway it's 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 all very much like under the surface and between the lines it's not really front and center in that movie but um yeah the problem is you have to do it somewhere mm-hmm. warm like it doesn't work in this episode because it's cold that's a good that's but, another good point this is terrible but also everyone's wearing yeah, that's the of thing clothes. so it's like yeah but if you get a six day seven nights starring harrison ford <laughs> and Haish 
Yes. And uh, guest starring uh-huh. David Schwimmer. Yes. Then two people right. on a crash. You yeah, know. they're in the jungle in that I like with the, the idea of Leone, right? That's that's the lady in this in that. Um, I like the idea of a guest guest starring <laughs> in a movie, which doesn't well, have I mean, a normal he, cast. That's he's very not. Funny he's not me. on the. The, the VHS cover, which is the only thing I know about that movie. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, he's like cl- clearly a third wheel, um, the the leading couple of that movie. Um, yeah, uh, so there you go. That was uh, that was the only question we got this week. Uh, I've already uh, mentioned all the other... Yeah, I'm sorry I can't think of a specific yeah. one. There, I feel like that there are, like, se- obviously sexy uh-huh. horror movies, but I do feel like there there's, like... If you look at like what people call like elevated mm-hmm. horror, so the the more like cerebral mm-hmm. horror, a lot of those have like a uh, yeah. love story element, but it's never it generally in those. It's like no, what's happening is too like fucked yeah. up for and this. It, to and be, it's like, like hot. tragic it's and just, stuff. You know, you have like once again in Midnight Club, uh, it's like it's tragic because it's uh, it takes place in uh, like a hospice for young people where uh, it's like teens and like young adults that were that are in terminal cancer uh they go there basically to uh to spend the 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 last uh days of their lives and there's a romantic sub subplot kind well there's like two actually because these are still kind of teens uh and they're like they're going through this experience together and they kind of hook up a bit because they know they're like the, their days are counted yeah. and it's really sad uh but yeah you, like it makes sense in the context of this thing even though you know everyone is there for uh really sad reasons right. that they, these people would hook up you but know? being stuck together i mean if you want to take it mm-hmm. the other way like you're stuck together by handcuffs for some <laughs> reason you that can be oh, really yeah. sexy like, like if you want to make it <laughs> as sexy as possible but not if like that uh, not if you're like in a saw movie like you're trapped and you have to do some fucked up shit to your no, no. body this is more like <laughs> we've escaped we've escaped like uh uh being wrongfully uh-huh. imprisoned and oh no we're stuck on the same set of uh-huh. handcuffs whoops. whoops the no key we have yeah. to uh whatever uh, yeah just gotta sleep yep. like this uh, that's a like okay yeah uh, I, I was gonna say that's a movie isn't it but then i realized i was thinking of roger rabbit for that bit until he just slips out of it that is pretty pretty <laughs> oh yeah hot, it's though. so sexy like, he kisses I mean, a lot of sexual he kisses attention. bob hoskins on the out, mouth yeah. I, i'm not even thinking about that's jessica true. right there just roger slash eddie valiant yeah. uh, otp um <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm just gonna let leave you, uh, let you go now, uh, Zach. Uh, please plug uh, all your stuff. Okay, so you can find me on Teenagers with Attitude, which is a uh, Power Rangers rewatch podcast. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, we're halfway through Lost Galaxy, the seventh Power Rangers season, mm-hmm. somehow. Um, so that's been fun. Also, we're still getting the details together, but the week of November 5th, uh, we're going to be doing, um, not just Teenage with Attitude, but Audio Entropy is going to be doing a, um, uh, a, a stream marathon for, uh, uh, Extra mm-hmm. Life, the yearly, uh, raising money for, uh, children's hospitals. This year we're raising money for, I don't have the name of the hospital, but it's the Children's Hospital in Puerto Rico that recently oh. got hit by, yeah, by a hurricane. Yeah, they need it. So we're going to be raising money for them. We're going to play a bunch of video games. I'm going to play uh, 
again, we'll we'll put the put it up on our Twitter, the Audio Entropy Twitter, uh, and you can find our Twitch channel um, at uh, Twitch.com/slash/VideoEntropy, mm-hmm. and you can also search search Audio Entropy on um, the Extra Life uh, website to find our team, and you can donate money. Uh, and we're going to play a bunch of games. I'm going to play some roguelikes. I'm probably going to play a lot of that relatively new one. Um, uh, oh, fuck. Uh, Cult oh, yeah. of the Lamb, yeah. which is fun. So I've got a block there, and we'll we'll put the details out on the Audio Entropy Twitter, so you can follow that, at Audio Entropy. Uh, and come mm-hmm. watch us. It's November 5th. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it'll be I'll check fun. it out too. I I probably won't stream because I don't have the equipment or the time, and I have kids. But I'll definitely pop into the chat whenever I can to say hi to everyone. And I'm doing I'm doing like a um I mean I don't again my change, but I'm planning on doing like twelve to four, and that's basically because I don't twelve a.m. to four a.m. because I don't really have time to stream, so I'm just gonna not sleep mm-hmm. instead. So that'll be yeah. fun. So check me out if you can if you are in Sonic. Right. That's great. Uh Eric, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Moon Rules. That's D-A-M-O-O-N-R-U-L-Z. And speaking of insomnia, uh, the band Dreamcatcher just released their newest mini nice. album, and you should listen to it because it's it is good. very good. It's yeah, good, for sure. Uh, yeah, um, uh, and I'm about to go see Bandmate in concert, and that doesn't help you. But they also just put out an EP. <laughs> if you like Japanese rock, nice. so check uh, that out. Have you looked up the uh, merch they're going to be selling? No, not yet. Don't tell. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> I'm excited though. Uh, as for me, I'm Simon. Uh, you know me. Uh, you can find my personal Twitter account at the real Simben. Uh, if you want to check out what I have to say, that's unrelated to Stargate. Every once in a while. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna let you go. Good night, everyone. Uncreate. Bye.